Hey everyone, and welcome back to Healthcare on Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Robin Goldsmith, Global Lead for Healthcare Innovation and Strategy here at Verizon. Today will be part two of the amazing discussion we had with Sarah Donovan, Assistant Professor at the University of South Carolina's College of Nursing, and Bridget Searles, Clinical Strategy Consultant with IBM. We talk about their collaborative efforts to bridge the gaps in technology to really streamline hospital operations, and most importantly, save valuable time for nurses as they go about their daily routines. So join us as we delve into their innovative solutions and explore the transformative potential of AI and advanced technologies in healthcare. And now, enjoy the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I you know, think about all the technology we have. I mean, I can I can blue dot direction myself anywhere in the world pretty much. Like why can't a nurse find something in real time? And I know this is a big emphasis for you both working together on you know, addressing finding things in hospitals, understanding kind of, you know, how they're working. Bridget, Sarah, I'd love for you to kind of understand more about what you're working on specifically and kind of, you know, how that, you know, what you're working on could potentially save time and what does that really mean for nurses, you know, in their day-to-day lives? Go ahead, Bridget. So Sarah and I are working on trying to close the gaps around when a patient needs a piece of equipment, the nurse needs to find the equipment. And as Sarah mentioned, today, most nurses don't have access to where equipment is. They literally walk down the hall. They're expected to walk down the halls, maybe go to a different floor. Um, If they find something, it may be broken. Um, It may take time to find. There could be delays. So we're really looking closely at, you know, why that's happening. As Sarah mentioned, we have done a lot of interviews with nurses and um, people in biomedical engineering and equipment, you know, departments. And so what we're hearing is, as you mentioned, Robin, there's a lot of technology out there, right? Is each department will often use their own app, say, So they each have this narrow view of what they need to get done in their team, but it's not integrated across the departments, across the teams. So the equipment team may have one app, housekeeping, who often cleans equipment, they have another app, and and they don't have a view into each other's app, and then the nurses don't have a view into the app either. So there's no sharing, as Sarah mentioned, of this information, which we're learning is is really, really critical. So people are spending money on technology, but it's not integrating and really delivering. You know, at the end of the day, when a nurse needs a piece of equipment, it should just appear, right? Yeah. So (laughs) that's really what we're looking at is, you know, how do we solve, how do we stop nurses from walking down the hall or to another floor to find a piece of equipment when the equipment should just be there. And so looking at resources and and technologies that are already implemented and seeing how we can integrate those and expand those to make this a whole lot easier and save nurses time. Yeah, amazing. I mean, Sarah, what does that mean? I mean, as you mentioned, walking down the hall, I mean, what does that equate to in, in terms of time spent looking for things. It just I can't believe this hasn't been solved for a long time ago, but uh, yeah, please. Yeah, there's not a lot of literature. We were able to find um, two studies that looked at the time that nurses spend looking for equipment across the hospital. 
One stated that for every three nurses, they spend an hour per shift. The other one said 20 minutes per day per nurse. So again, I was an ICU nurse. I worked three shifts a week. So that's an hour for those three days that I'm away from my patient, that I'm not providing care. I'm not answering their questions. I can't give them medications. I can't address their needs. Someone else has to step in if I'm running down the hall trying to find that medical device because I don't know where it's at. And again, I'm going to go back to the proverbial bladder scanner, which seems to be one of the most popular items that is constantly in use. So when I'm taken away from that patient and I can't meet their needs and I am literally running from dirty supply room to clean supply room to different floors, it it adds that level of stress because I know that patient needs it. And I think consistently we've heard from nurses today that are in those trenches that looking for that equipment does delay many times those treatments and it now becomes mm -hmm. a patient safety issue as well. So there is a lot at stake, but unfortunately hard data is kind of minimal, but still when you start adding up for every three days that I work, I'm losing an hour in non-value added care, okay? It's not direct patient care. And then how does that impact those surveys that drive the reimbursement back to the hospital? So there is this link um, that has not been explored, but again, how can we leverage the technology to track that and to use that and then start putting all of the pieces together? So I think we've got to look at really leveraging AI technology, advances in technology to actually make this work, which it can be done. But I think that we've got to start asking those questions, which is what we've been doing for the past you know, year and a half to identify those gaps so that we can address a solution that, that actually works for everybody involved, not just one department. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, as you, anecdotally, I mean, you're having all these conversations. I mean, I, I would I would hazard the guess that they're spending more than an hour per shift or per week right. looking for things or at 100% doing things that are not delivering care. I love the point of the more nurses are, are diverted from delivering, being at the bedside delivering patient care, the, that impacts the, the scores that hospitals really, you know, live and die by. It's critically important for reimbursement. Um, Bridget, anything anything you want to add? Um, yes, I would say that's definitely a conservative figure. That's hard to believe. So I think you're right, Robin. Um, from what Sarah and I heard in these interviews, it, you know, the nurses could spend 20 minutes just um, writing out a sign called broken and taping that on an IV pole and putting it in the hall, right? Because Again, they're expected to go on the internet into a separate form and fill it out. And after 12, 14 hours, you know, a shift and in the hospital, you're going home. You're not going on the internet to internet to fill out a form. You're just you're just taking a Sharpie and making a broken sign and putting it in the hall. So, you know, that leads to a lot of equipment that's not even functioning if the nurses find it, you know. So definitely conservative. Yeah, that was my that was my follow up. I mean, and if you think about all right, nurses are looking. That's that's one thing they can't find it. But then, just from a 
you know, financial perspective of and the men device companies, things that aren't working, that aren't functioning, that has a whole other domino effect of, you know, maybe I'm reordering things that I thought were lost, but they're not because they're in the right. in some closet somewhere. Like you said, Sarah, in a dirty supply room that no one's checked recently. And but the fact is they still need those devices, critical devices to deliver care. So Ed, what are you kind of hearing from that side of the house, the more operations folks? Yes, we're hearing the same that, you know, some some hospital systems are only using, you know, 60% of their equipment is usable, say, at any given time because it could be broken, due for an update, can't find it. Um, hospitals have found IV pumps and channels in closets. Um, they, they see equipment walk out the door, you know, theft-wise and don't really have a way to control that. Um, we see money lost in the time that people are spending just uh, creating written manual notebooks for when the JCH comes in, you know, and has to inspect, you know, preventive maintenance records for equipment on certain life-threatening um, categorized equipment. And so just in case they have a three ring binder that's handwritten of when those preventive maintenance occurred. So there's just so much time, both for nurses and non-clinicians wrapped up in all of this. Um, so there is a lot of time and money. So, you know, how can we help hospitals make smarter purchases, right? Which equipment functions better, right? So how do you take this data? Because in everybody we talk to, they don't really have even basic metrics on their equipment, right? Which brands are working? Which brands should they not buy again? Which ones are at the end of their life cycle? Do the nurse managers even know what to put in their budgets? They're expected to put equipment in their budgets two years in advance, but yet they have no view into which equipment is about to, you know, expire, be at the end of its its life and, and need repairs, right? We talked to major health systems that are borrowing major pieces of cardiac equipment because they don't have enough on any given day. So really helping health systems plan for that, right? Let's make sure that there's smart purchasing. Let's make sure that there's enough equipment in the right place and everyone knows where it is. And so there's a lot of dollars tied up in that, like as Sarah said, you know, with overbuying or loss or, you know, even, you know, some legal malpractice issues when equipment malfunctions or there's a bad outcome for a patient. You know, dialysis can be delayed. Cardiac procedures can be delayed. Hospital stays can be lengthened if the equipment's not available. Yeah, it's a, it's a domino effect. Just the time, you know, the time delays everything and, and can lead to bad outcomes, which are no one wants to see. Sarah, do you have any any thoughts on that? Um, kind of hinging off of what Bridget said when we were in discussions, right now there is really no way to track how much a piece of equipment is actually being used. And we've heard of a couple situations where maybe the staff prefers a certain brand or a certain version of a piece of equipment. So they'll overuse that, but nobody realized it. And therefore the extra maintenance was not done. So you've got one that's being used like 95% of the time. And then you've got one that's maybe being used five to 10%. Different management 
in maintenance is going to be required, but they didn't. So now the one that's overused is now broken and they're not technically at the end of their life cycle. And you're looking at a half a million dollars to repair it, but nobody knew. So they could not plan mm-hmm. the extra maintenance and then also plan the potential repairs that were coming after. So again, not a lot of predictive analysis on that. I think another good example is the sequential compression devices, the patients that are going to need post-op. I can't tell you how many times in a nurse that I would have to go into the dirty supply room, pull them out, clean them so that I could reuse them. There is no prediction that helps central sterile know this is how many surgeries we need. This is roughly how many SCD pumps we're going to need. Where do we know, need to go to find them? And again, when they you think about their rounding through the hospital, what happens if we could help them know you only need to round on these certain units. You don't need to cover the whole hospital. Here's where these devices are. It's it's not just giving nurses information, it's giving biomed, IT, central sterile, housekeeping, everybody the information so that communication is enhanced so that everybody can do their job much better to meet the needs of those patients. Absolutely. That was a great, yeah, I love both those answers. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of, for me, it comes back to the data as we think about these hospitals and we got... As we all know, healthcare kicks off the most data period of any of any industry, um, and uh, you know the device data, the, the data that tells a nurse where something is. How can we bring that all together and aggregate that and make it usable and simplify? Um, is where we need to go. I mean, across a lot of fronts in healthcare, especially in hospitals. Um, I want to come back to AI, Sarah, because I know I know you're pretty passionate about. You know, I, I hear AI for surgical applications, you know, a lot of around imagery to be another set of eyes to pick up anomalies or polyps that just to be, you know, an, another set of eyes for the for the doctor. But we, I, I haven't heard it specific to nurses. Kind of what are you hearing from, from that perspective? Yeah, there is a real gap in that area in providing AI analytics prediction guidance, even clinical decision support for nurses. So again, it's heavy on the provider side, but very, very sketchy or very, very limited on the nursing side. And again, I think that's a whole missed opportunity. When Mm -hmm. we're still dealing with hospital-acquired infections that we've been battling for decades, and we're really not moving that needle, maybe it's time that we step back we do a deep dive into the data and we've tried to find solutions using AI that can help those nurses. It's interesting when I look at some of these issues and I'm reading about them, we're very limited on the variables that we're pulling to identify gaps in the care of maybe what can be the cause of the central line infection or the catheter associated infection. So maybe we need to pull nurses in and say, hey, what variables would you look at and implement some processes that are looking at that to analyze that. And Bridget and I have talked, um, the checklist manifesto, I think is a great example too, where you're literally starting at square one to where it happens and working through. And a lot of times when we're looking at those outputs and those outcomes and those infections, we're only looking at the infection and maybe not the whole picture. So maybe it might be a slight fix that isn't 
that costly mm. that we can implement, but if we don't look at the whole picture, but then again, that impacts the nurses. So what I see is hospitals creating these very complex, cumbersome policies to address these, but they don't fix the problem because we're still limited in looking at the data. As you said, the data should be driving everything. Um, I thought it was interesting. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to attend a Tableau conference virtually, and there was a healthcare line which I attended, and the individual there was talking about that we only use 10% of the available data that is generated in healthcare. And as a nurse, I, I lost it because I'm thinking, what is in the 90% that I'm not using to make my decisions? So what am I missing? And it's not surprising that if that's going on, why we're not moving the needle in some of these measures because we're not looking at that bigger picture. So I'd love to see us use AI more to help support nurses to make those decisions, but looking also at the 90% of the data that is out there to help nurses make a better decision and care for their patients. Absolutely. Bridget? Yes, because I sometimes we don't know what to ask, right? So that's the unique thing about AI is, you know, sh it shows us the patterns. It shows us insights. It takes all that data that we may not know what program to tell it to run, you know, and obviously we've probably exhausted what we've tried to do manually, right? But AI would really bring those trends and some new insights to the surface that we could use. Absolutely. So last question for you both. Um, you know, you, you're having a ton of conversations, hearing feedback. What would be, you know, your advice to some of the healthcare leaders out there as they're thinking about implementing technology into their hospitals? You know, they get bombarded by the latest and greatest. What would be any, any advice for those folks as they're thinking about you know, the things that can really benefit their staff because, I mean, their staff needs help, both doctors and nurses, and we need to retain them. We need to recruit more. So I know it's a big question, but, you know, what are you thinking about when it, when something you'd like to impart to those, those C-suite leaders in health systems? I think Sarah and I would both say, find your nurses, right? Right. That'd probably be the first step. Spend that time right up front to really map out what's the current state, where does it need to go, where are the gaps, but really integrate it across departments. It shouldn't be a nursing exercise. It shouldn't be a bioengineering exercise or a procurement exercise. It really needs an integrative team, right? To look at, you know, what are the issues at our hospital? You know, many hospitals have unique nuances, right? What are the current issues? Where do we want to go? And then you need an end-to-end -end technology that addresses that from beginning to end. You know, a lot of hospitals have tried to solve this problem, right, with RFIDs and, you know, different types of technologies tracking the equipment. But that's just one piece of it. So as Sarah said, we really need the data. We need to add AI. We need insights and patterns, and we need prediction. You know, we need to be able to, as a hospital say, you know, identify how many gurneys do we need on Tuesday in July for surgeries, right? 
So really down to that level and really make some recommendations on which brands to purchase. And right back to the manufacturing, you know, what are the what are the repair issues? So it's really a full life cycle type of technology, but it starts with an integrated team. Absolutely, Sarah. This question makes me think of a conversation that I had with a colleague in another state, and they were trying to get nurses to adopt a new technology for cancer patients. And the nurses were pushing back and they're like, look, we're just overwhelmed with everything. So that started them on the process, talking to the nurses, okay, why are you overwhelmed? And it was amazing, just simple things. Like for example, the chargers for the scanners were all the way at the end of the hall in a locked room. So it was not easy for the nurse to access when they had to charge the scanner. Very simple. And again, there weren't enough of them throughout the ED either. And nobody had ever asked the nurse. IT had just come in, said this is where we're going to put them, make it work, that type of thing. So again, I really would like to encourage you to start sitting down, having those conversations with those nurses, because that was such a simple fix to pull the chargers out of the locked room at the end of the hall, put it at the nurse's station and add more to it. Boom, it's fixed. So we've taken one less workaround, one less burden off of those nurses. So now they can focus on something else. I think that there becomes a point where it is overload, as Bridget mentioned, they're they're going to push back and they're just going to say, I can't adopt anymore. And so again, before you implement, have those conversations to see, is this technology actually going to help from that perspective of the nurse? Salesmen are great, but put that salesman with nurses at the bedside and see if this tool, this device, this technology is actually going to solve this problem they think that it's going to, or does it add to their work burden and their workflow issues? Words of wisdom. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for your time. Clinical consultant from IBM and Sarah, professor of college of nursing, this is a professor of college of nursing at the University of South Carolina. This has been wonderful. Um, thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple, Google, or Spotify, or find us at verizon.com forward slash healthcare.